0: And welcome to episode number 37 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm Chris Trapoti of DraftAnalyst.com, alongside Tony Pauline, as always. And we're back to recap the defensive winners from the last several weeks of All-Star Circuit action. We were both in Mobile for the Senior Bowl. Tony was in St. Pete for the Shrine Game. And we also had ears to the ground at the NFLPA game as well. So I'll get covered from all angles on this show. We'll get right to it and start with the defensive lineman, Tony, who impressed you?
1: You know, I thought the past two weeks, uh, the Shrine and the senior game, it was all the defensive tackles who really stood out and really improved their draft stock. Start with the Shrine game, Daniel Wise of Kansas. We talked in our Shrine game preview that Wise was going to play with a chip on his shoulder, and he really did. I I mean, he was explosive. He was dominant every day. Very athletic. He's going to be a terrific three-technique tackle at the next level. I have him right now as a third, fourth-round choice. I know there are some people who think that he's going to fall into the fifth round only because he's a scheme-specific player. But Daniel Wise made it a point at the Shrine Game to prove that he belongs in that second tier of defensive tackles in April's draft. I also like Dalen Mack of Texas A&M, a guy that first I saw at the Shrine Game, and then we saw him at the Senior as He got the late call-up. A guy who is sort of a scheme-specific player because if, if you see him, he's short with a huge lower body, more of a, a one-gap type lineman, maybe a nose tackle, but he was dominant. No one was able to stop him. He was getting pushed up the field. He was collapsing the pocket. They were trying to double-team him. He kind of did war on. Wear down uh, the last couple of days at the senior bowl, but he was fantastic. Same thing with Renell Wren from Arizona State. I mean, really, from the first day of senior practice, he was unstoppable. We watched him in the one on ones; he was destroying opponents. He was getting double teamed; they couldn't move him off the point. Uh, and then we got to talk to Renell Wren the, the, after the final line of practice. You know, an intriguing guy, a, a guy who's well-spoken, very detailed. I was very impressed with Renell when we got the chance to speak with him. Looking forward to seeing him at the combine where I hear he's going to blow it up. Then, of course, there's Colin Saunders of Western Illinois. One of the great stories from Senior Bowl week, a guy who was talked about because he does backflips on YouTube and his wife had a baby right in the middle of practice, yet he decided to stay in Mobile. Another guy who, like Rennell, Ren, was just dominant from the word go. Kind of a sawed off type of defensive tackle at six foot one half inch, 315 pounds. He's got great explosion off the snap. He's got great leg drive. He shows power. But again, someone who is more scheme specific because of his style of play and because of the fact that he's a, he's a little bit shorter. I still think that Colin Saunders is going to end up in the third round of April's draft. As far as the linebackers are concerned, another guy who, like Dalen Mack, Got, was a Shrine Game participant who got a call-up to the senior bowl, Sione Taki of uh, BYU. was very athletic, very explosive. I liked the way he looked in coverage, got depth, showed that he's got it going on between the ears, understands what's happening on the field. Taki was not even graded coming into the season. He had some re- severe off-the-field problems uh, several years ago. I'm sure that's going to be one of the storylines as we head towards the draft. But he got his life figured out. You know he's corrected everything, and he's turning into a real good linebacker for the next level. And finally, Terrell Hanks of New Mexico State, who we saw and we spoke about last week uh, during the Shri- during the Senior Bowl podcast, uh, a guy who's going to go, I believe, in the second day. Very athletic, was the best cover linebacker at the Senior or Shrine games. Uh, Taki Taki was good, but Hanks was terrific. Very explosive, very quick. Covers a lot of area. Not a great blitzer but a pure three-down linebacker that is excellent in pursuit against the run, and you can put him over the tight end or uh, ask him to cover a running back on passing situations.
0: Now, a guy we expected to cover well and look good in coverage was Jermaine Pratt from NC State. Unfortunately, he was more of a loser in this scenario. Didn't really live up to the expectations that us and many others had heading into Senior Bowl week. One guy I did want to kind of highlight here is Bobby Okarigi of Stanford. Really showed athleticism, flew around the field to the ball, really showed out very well. Tony, what'd you think of those two guys?
1: I agree with you on Pratt. Uh, I mean, I expected more from Pratt than what I got. I was very disappointed with his coverage skills. He's known as a, as a terrific athlete and a guy who really can play off the line in space. He struggled okariki is just quick and he's explosive he's going to be a late round pick but i think he's going to be a very good situational linebacker special teams player at the next level
0: now move on to the secondary here where i had a very close eye on all the defensive backs in mobile and while there weren't a ton of impressive performances there were definitely several players who helped themselves moving towards the draft the first guy i want to discuss is Corey ballantyne out of washburn we discussed in our preview shows how Players in the past, like Rasheen Mathis and Dominique Rogers Cromarty came in as small schoolers and really blew up the senior bowl, turned themselves into high picks, and very, very good NFL players. I wouldn't say Ballantyne blew up the senior bowl, but he sure came out hot on Tuesday. He was easily the best corner on the field for the North. He showed speed, he showed ball skills, the ability to stay tight in coverage, stick with receivers at all levels. He did get beat once by Terry McLaurin down the field, a guy who says he's going to run a 4-3-5, so... You know, if Ballantyne is a 4-4-5 four, four, corner, a 4-4 four, four corner, that's not all that bad, considering what he showed there. Did take a step back Wednesday, but bounced back Thursday, even showed some ability in press coverage, really showed a good all-around skill set, and was a guy that really impressed a lot of people down there. The rest of the North defensive backs really struggled for the most part, but the South had several solid performances. Kentucky's Lonnie Johnson is a guy with good length, good movement and change of direction skills. Really covered well at all levels of the field. He was beat a few times by Debo Samuel in the red zone on Wednesday, but in the end, the coverage was tight, and all Lonnie Johnson did in those scenarios was lose out to the best receiver there, so you can only knock him so far, so much for that. Rocky Asin from Temple is a skinny corner, excellent length for a sub-six-foot defensive back. I think he was top three or four in terms of arm length amongst the secondary players there, despite being one of the shorter corners. Very smooth and fluid, displayed good ball skills, Also held his own at times against Debo Samuel as well. These guys were a couple of the corners that were really able to do that. Most guys struggled. Debo Samuel left most everybody in the dust, except Lonnie Johnson and Rocky Asin. Did show well against them, all things considered. The only safety in my eyes who helped himself is one of your favorite guys. That's Kentucky's Mike Edwards. Displayed athleticism and movement skills pretty much like a cornerback, despite being a safety. Showed the ability to cover slot receivers like Hunter Renfro. Was very physical at the top of receivers' routes, and also at the catch point. Showed well in the run game for as much as you can watch a safety at the line of scrimmage. Really a great week for Mike Edwards. Tony, who helped themselves in your eyes?
1: Well, first and foremost, i got to go with Jimmy Moreland, who we've been uh, talking up since the Shrine game. Was good at the Shrine game, got a late call-up to the senior bowl, and he performed well in both instances. I mean, a guy who... Really showed that he can play with the best that was at each game. I mean, the last day of senior ball practice, he basically shut down Hunter Renfro. Not the biggest guy in the world, but someone who I think has pushed himself into the, the fourth, maybe the third round. He's going to be a good nickelback at the next level who can help out as a, uh, as a kick returner, return specialist. Jimmy Moreland really helped himself the past two weeks. I was also relatively impressed with Lucas Dennis at Boston College during Shrine Week. He's a little bit of a smaller guy, but he's feisty. He's got excellent ball skills. You can play him over the uh, slot receiver. Uh, there are some people who think that you can move Dennis to, uh, to cornerback. Came into the season with six-round grades. He's been a solid player all season at, at Boston College. I think the ball skills he showed at the Shrine game really helped him and solidified himself as a mid-third-day pick.
0: Now, before we end the show here, there are a bunch of players that really had huge discrepancies in opinions down there. I know we weren't so high on Montez Sweat. A lot of people talking top 10 for Montez Sweat, talking top 20 for Montez Sweat. So it's very interesting to see the variance in opinions that we've seen from the defensive end for Texas A&M. And also, Amani Urarie out of Penn State, the cornerback. I thought he struggled all week. I think you had much of the same opinions, but there were also some people that were very high on him and, and thought he did well. Tony, can you explain the discrepancies for these two players?
1: Yeah, and when we say there's discrepancies, this is what I'm uh, this is what I'm talking to uh, NFL scouts or, or even the decision makers. You know, Montez Sweat showed himself to be a real good pass rusher. A lot of people remember that last play against Titus Howard, the uh, the first day of practice, where he beat Titus Howard, despite the fact that Howard really got the better of him the prior, the prior three downs, the prior three snaps, where. Montez Sweat was uh, ripping, his helmet, uh, ripping uh, Titus Howard's helmet off because he was getting frustrated. Uh, he's, a, he's a pass rusher that is always a commodity. The, there are a lot of people who are still very concerned about how he's going to hold up against the run. Like I said, there were times Titus Howard controlled him at the point of attack. Titus Howard, who's not known as a great run blocker from Alabama State, and I'm hearing more and more rumblings about potential off-the-field issues that are going to come to fruition before draft time, probably somewhere around the combine. So you got to keep an eye on that. As far as your way is concerned, from Penn State, he's a guy who I expected more from him. Like you, I thought he struggled. Really, what was most disappointing in the one-on-ones is he seemed to get uh, lost in his backpedal. He couldn't get out of his backpedal. He was lost in his balance, lost balance transitioning to turn around with opponents. But the fact is, is he's a big athletic cover corner. And teams that I spoke with say that they can iron that out. They can work on his footwork. They can work on his transition, which means that, you know, he played like a fifth rounder at the senior bowl, but he's probably going to go in the third round. One last guy I got to mention is Nasir Adderley. You know, people are talking about him as first round, as a top 40 pick. Everybody I talked to said that they like him, but he's more of a late second, early third round type of player. Wasn't outstanding last week. I go back to the fact that I was at the senior bowl where I saw Rasheen Mathis lighted up and, and he was absolutely dominant moved into the early part of the uh, second round. Dominique Rogers cromartie although he was a cornerback, had a great week at the uh, senior bowl, moved into the first round. Adderley paled in comparison to those two guys with his uh, senior bowl performance. You, you know, as we, when we were watching the uh, film from Wednesday practice for about two and a half hours in that back room there, we saw a situation where Adderley got beat by Drew Sample uh, in, in one-on-one coverage. And Drew Sample is a, uh, is a 4-8 tight end. Uh, or a tight end that runs 4-8 in the, in the 40. Not saying I dislike Adderley, but I, I do like him. He, he's an explosive guy. He's very athletic. But I think people are talking about him as a late first-round pick, top 40 pick, or just putting unreasonable expectations on him.
0: Yeah, I mean, Adderley came in and certainly looked the part. He looked like a guy who belonged at the Senior Bowl, but he didn't let it on fire. He didn't do what we you know, said guys like DRC and guys like Rasheen Mathis did. Uh, he wasn't able to really make that level of impact and he was outshined by a guy like Mike Edwards who we like but Mike Edwards is not going to be a first round pick looked like a much more complete corner than a guy like Adderley so while he's a good player and while he certainly deserved to be there and deserves some of the hype he's getting a lot of the first round hype does seem like it's getting a little bit out of control.
1: Yeah, complete safety. You said uh, Edwards complete corner, but you're right in what you said. I mean, in a lot of ways, when we saw, especially in those drills, Edwards looked like a safety who can play corner, although I think he's better, uh, obviously, in in the middle of the field, But your point's well taken.
0: And that's all for the 37th episode of The Draft Analysts, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of the major podcast platforms, and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask questions in your review or on Twitter. You can find us at Chris Trapoti, at Tony Pauline, at Draft Analyst 1, and at Believe Podcast to get in touch with the show. Be sure to check us out over at DraftAnalyst.com for all the latest on this year's draft, where we'll cover everything from the combine in February to the pro day circuit in March and April, in addition to breaking news as it comes along. You're Tony Pauline. This is Chris Trapoti. See you next week.